Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. (laughs) Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in episode 227 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. This episode is brought to you by Dream Symbols. We'll be talking about it a bit more in detail later in the episode with some audio, but uh, go check out the new Eclipse series. They just debuted at the NAMM show last week. These are partially lathed symbols that come in hi-hats, crashes, and rides. If you remember, they, they had a 21-inch ride that came out a little while ago, maybe a year or two ago. They expanded to a whole series. Really kind of versatile, all-purpose sounding symbols. Again, we'll feature some audio of those later, but we just want to make sure we thank Dream for sponsoring the episode. This is a long one. We're going to dig deep into the NAMM show and a few other things. So uh, kick back and let's get the show rolling. Closer to 120? Let's find out. Let's see. I was still a little fast. That was slow. Oh, okay. Wow, you want to try again? <laughs> Third time to no, no, no. We, you and I were talking about this before we started. So you were saying that you had a teacher that memorized tempos. I, I do not memorize tempos whatsoever. I had, I had two teachers, and I think it makes sense, one of which is also a conductor, so it makes sense if you're a conductor to memorize 100%. tempos. But the other one, this was a classic story. My first drum set teacher in high school, he was retired from the Navy. He played in the you know the original Navy big band. And... At one point, he was called into, I guess, the captain's office or something, and they were they were really kind of railing him about tempos. Okay. And he was like, well, here, let's do a test. I'm going to play one beat per minute for you. And the guy got out his, his pocket watch. Shut up. And he said, the gods were just with me that day. I nailed it perfectly at the minute mark, and they never once again questioned my tempo for the next 20 years. Wow. Okay, that's... <laughs> That's some that's some baller level. What stuff he said, right how there. he did it was he just sang like some, one of the marches that they play at every parade. Okay, and just counted, he had it going. counted the sixty seconds worth. Pretty amazing, wow. but no, I'm terrible at it. I have yeah, to have I, a metronome with I me think, at all times. I think because when I was growing up, every single song was it wasn't like one twenty, 
and then 60. It was like 84, mm. 92. I'm like, I'm not going to remember every one of these. Like, <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't kind of job. <laughs> it's, well, at no point does somebody say I'm feeling like 111. It's like, OK, I have I mean, I've even when you and I were kids, I had a metronome. It had a battery in it, and it wasn't a phone, but I had a metronome. It's like, cool, I'll pull up 111 or 120 or whatever you need. So, whatever. I counted you in. You you snapped. We started. Happy back from Nam. Neither of us got sick. That's great. Knock on wood. It's it's Friday. I don't know. I don't know when the um, what is the new coronavirus sets in. But <laughs> oh my god! Right? I saw that. That's that's. And there I mean, I saw like of, there weren't a lot of face masks at, at Nam, so I think. And there were some Chinese companies there. <laughs> there a lot of Chinese companies, of course. Yeah, um, no, I, I've, uh, I'm trying to think. I did, I did have a meeting with a, a Chinese distributor from uh, – there was uh, the distribution rights of Minol and Aquarian. And I, met some, I think I'm going to go to Japan. So I met some folks Sweet. from Japan. Um, Minol generally sends one artist per year to Japan. So they've sent Thomas Lang, Chris Coleman – Benny, uh, I know who this year is, and then I think next year in 2021 that'll be my main like Asian trip is uh, a tour of Japan, which is awesome because I've only been there for a split second. And one thing that I think maybe unless you travel a lot, we just generalize and almost stereotype is that Asia is one country. So not the case when I'm there. <laughs> <One country. laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's Asia. And it's like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> Thailand is nothing like Taiwan. Taiwan is nothing like China. Mm. China is nothing like Indonesia. And Japan is definitely its own thing. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, let's talk some gear, man. Yeah, I mean, we're back. So. Well, first of all, how about the vibe? What was your impression of the vibe of Nam? Good question. I think, I think they have to get the volume thing under control it was miserable and i hated to be in the drum hall and and that's what good is that i think i don't know what they're trying to accomplish um i know i guess they were trying to keep some boost but there needs to be something serious like lifetime ban for boosts that are just way out of control because uh, I, I mean i was the point where i'm like well, this is the most ex- extreme like i'm trying to have a, a real conversation with someone while someone's like blaring a chainsaw in my ear like what the heck is going on yeah. So that is really, really annoying, and it's not just me being old fuddy duddy. No, I felt it. I felt it on Thursday. Yeah. That's what. That's I what shocked me. I was Thursday, like, the first. Day. I was like, how is it this loud on a Thursday? Like, <laughs> I mean, insane. Uh, yeah, it was. It was not enjoyable. It causes me to not spend a lot of time in the drum hall because, and so I, it's the same every year. I come home and I'm like. Yeah, I saw my companies because I go out of my way to make sure I see the people I haven't seen in a while. But then when I think like, okay, I only saw Ludwig because I smacked into it walking into the drum hall Mm -hmm. from the direction I was always coming. Um, So that was good. But then I all of a sudden I realized like, oh, wow, I never saw Tama. I don't know where Pearl was. Yeah, I never sought out so many companies like you and I were talking about Q drums, which we'll talk more about later in this episode, but I didn't see Q. I didn't see SJC, not because they weren't visible, but just, I was always trying to get out of the drum hall because of the volume. Yeah. There definitely, there's a, there's an area towards the center of that hall where I just avoided. It was, it yeah. was loud the whole time. And just mobs of people just, just standing around. It's like, what, like get moving, man. You're supposed to move around. You're not supposed to stand in one spot. Yeah. So that's, me it really bummed me out. It, no, I mean, it, it bummed me out on some of the more boutique brands 
that really were telling me what they had done. And I said, I'm so sorry, but your drum set kind of sounds like a drum. Yeah. I can't hear anything. Like all I'm hearing is this. Atta- it's like, and we used half a veneer ply. Of, I was like, whatever, bro. Like I can't hear anything. Now, what about um, the, I mean, for me, I felt like this was a, a bit of a year of contraction. Um, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I think just realistically things have just gotten yeah. a little bit tighter. The booze weren't as extreme. Um, there was a couple that I was surprised at how kind of tight they were, uh, but I didn't. At the same time, I didn't yeah. feel like it was like, oh, they're going out of business. It was more like, well, yeah, duh, just bring what you need and don't go crazy. Yeah, and I, I think that obviously social media has changed this stuff so much that honestly, unless you're keeping some massive secret, I mean, my snare drum was supposed to come out at NAM. Yeah. There's been hundreds of them sold in stores before NAM ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people no, yeah. telling me like, "Oh, I got your snare." I'm like, "Well, I don't have it. it Mine was, still it doesn't was, even have my name on it." It was old news. I have a prototype. By the time I got there, it was old news. Like, cool. I don't want to yeah. see that. Show me something else. <laughs> totally. I was in. The, I will say this. I wasn't even bummed that they put it in a corner. And they were like, "Well, just so you know, it is at the top of the snare drum rack." I'm like, "It's in a corner, dog." Like, but I didn't care. I mean, it was like honestly, it's been out for what five months now, yeah, kind of. So sort of. I feel like you're right. Uh, the booths can – I actually like the small booths. You and I were at Big Fat Snare Drum for mm-hmm. a little bit. I enjoyed that. I loved Tackle's booth. Like Tackle's yeah. booth is always like you step into a mini version of their shop. Yeah, super cool. And you just feel you, – you feel like you smell like leather <laughs> just by hanging – it's like, oh, yeah, man. I, I just yeah. stepped in here, and now my my jacket is made out of waxed canvas. <laughs> it's talking about a good group of guys. I mean, is there, is there a nicer oh guy God. than Scott at Tackle? I mean, no. good gosh. Nope. He was like, uh, I can't he's, be, he's like, I can't be in here too long, so I'm going to give away the booth. <laughs> like, told, I, I, and I always thought, he's like, he's like, Mike, man, just take whatever you want. And I was like, dog, I love you. I don't know if you got to meet, did you meet Matthew, my, uh, my guy from Adobe? And he, he bought so. a bunch of tackle stuff? No, no, I didn't. Okay, so he, he he was rolling around with like a bag, a stick bag and a cymbal bag, and he actually bought stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> if you would have told him that one day you met Mike Dawson near a river, he would have given you anything you wanted. Like, that's just how nice Scott is. So um, yeah, he's a good dude, man. We were very lucky to have guys like Scott in the industry. But I felt a good vibe, to be honest. I mm-hmm. felt like the industry was definitely in a good place. I felt like, and I don't know, you saw much more of Nam than I did. Like I said, I, I could only hang so long. And anytime I ran into somebody or a group of people that I wanted to talk to, I literally told them, let's just go outside. I can't talk to you here. Mm-hmm. So we'd go outside and hang. But anyways, I felt that there was like a much bigger separation than I remember in years past between acoustic kits and e-kits. Yes. I couldn't, I didn't see a lot of e-kits in the drum hall at uh, all. And... um and the other separation is the e kit stuff is be- is is taken over, dude. It's taken over. Like, oh, for it, sure. It's there's yeah. We'll get into it more, but Elisa's Roland. Um, there's a new company. Yamaha's doing some. I mean, Ava's it, got theirs. Yeah, game changing kind of stuff happening right now. It's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be a race, I think, for these companies to figure out who can do it the best for the, the cheapest price with the most features. It's pretty inspiring. I'm excited. Um, we'll dig yeah. into it more, but yeah. And they were purposely like Roland was on like Hall E or A, like way down to the other end. And Elisa okay. was upstairs in their own private room. You had to have an appointment to go in. The door was shut with no signage. Like you couldn't even get in unless it was like a secret yeah. room. Um, and Yamaha's in another building. 
So yeah, and what was the other one? Uh, Artesia. They were in Hall B, I think. So yeah, that's my dog. All right, thanks, Jim. <laughs> She's not down with e kits. I'm just telling like, you right, right now. Get back to real drums. So before, yeah, no, I mean, I saw yeah, pretty much everything. I think we should get your input on what you saw because you had a little sure. bit more uh, a different view of the show. So what? Yeah, what and I'm out? I'm always there uh, looking. I'm looking for things to stand out because obviously there are restrictions of the fact that I have endorsements. So I already, I already did the Gretsch stuff at the DW headquarters earlier this year Mm -hmm. um, or actually late last year. So I knew what Gretsch and DW were coming out with really cool stuff. The river Cypress kit from Gretsch is the first kit that I made a little bit of an ass out of myself trying to get knowing that I can't, but I was like, <laughs> I when I demoed it, I, I I I mean, I'm in front of like 20 different drum shop owners, and I just told them all, as soon as you get one of these, here's my cell phone number, I will buy it from you because I know that I can't. They they were already sold, so there's yeah. only so much of this wood, so it's gone. So that that kit is definitely one of my dream kits. The uh, the Bop kit made out of the River Cypress wood. Um, so I love that. But as far as walking around, I'm just waiting for something to stand out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that stood out to me is that I've been very honest and very vocal about my feelings about ANF that when they came out and kind of took over social media maybe four years ago, I was very worried that the style would pass them by. Because mm-hmm. you can only do the steampunk. It's so dirty. No one's ever been this dirty. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can I get a shiny symbol? And then all of a sudden your company just falls apart. <laughs> so I've been I've been waiting, like, can you keep up with the trend? And I just felt, I feel like they did. And they had this blue, this flat blue kit with uh, wood hoops that was made out of teak. I've never seen a drum set made out of teak. Mm. Once again, like I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, I couldn't hear it. It sounded like a drum set. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I still don't know what teak sounds like, but um but that was a kit that I just kind of said that was my baby grand piano. I said, I want that in my home. Mm-hmm. I just want that. I want to walk into an office and see that exact drum set in those sizes and just go, Yep. <laughs> it's a good day. It is a good day. So between if it would be a toss-up for me between that and Gretsch's River Cypress kit, and both of them are kits that I would actually have to buy uh, yeah. because they're you know I'm not endorsed by ANF and Gretsch doesn't have any more of the River Cypress kit. So those stood out to me. Um, symbols are tough, man. I, I went mm-hmm. around. I went to the Dream Booth, got to hang with those guys yeah. a little bit. Uh, went to Istanbul Agop. Obviously, Meinl's booth is kind of weird because. It's open to the public, but it's so quiet up there. You feel very guilty if you make any noise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, saw a bunch of Zildjian stuff just because now the Zildjian and Vic Firth booth are together. Yeah. Uh, I can't hear anything. So yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a, a tough thing. I I would say as far as things that stood out to me, uh, that and maybe as an Aquarian artist, I'm I'm very biased, but just how many drum heads were on display. That's been something I've been really bummed about in years past is mm. they've put such a emphasis on things that have nothing to do with drum heads. Yeah, it's true. And Usually like, a lot of electronics and things. Totally. And yeah. pads. And it was like, come on, man. Like, you guys, I, I love your drum heads. Just show that you make them. And so that was really cool. Um, and yeah, uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think what else. 
I, I don't know. I guess all the all the boutique snare companies always make me happy. Yeah, you know. But, you know, speaking so, of drumheads, so, Remo yeah. always I think always does it right. Here's twenty ten inch toms, and they have each model from thinnest to heaviest in a row tuned yeah. exactly the same. They make sure they retune them every couple of hours. That's so how you. That's how you demonstrate your product. It's like here, check agree. them all out. Which one do yep. you like? And they've been doing I that forever. Agree. I love that. Every yeah, time, every and, year, and, I, I and every year I do it. I'm like, yeah, I like the suede heads. I just like them, <laughs> and I just yeah. Keep and trying. I think that that's it's something that maybe Aquarian and Evans can't do because it's almost like obvious IP. Like, dude, you guys just did it the right way. We can't. You win. That's that's amazing. Uh, so okay. So since you're there on a completely different <clears throat> vibe, you're actually bringing information for the magazine. What did you see that stood out to you? Um, there wasn't a lot of like shockers, um, okay. which I'm glad because I it ever every year I come back like man that was really cool and exciting, but then I forget about it because it was just cool and exciting for Nam. So I think there was a lot more kind of like what's going to last throughout the year. Um, to see Rogers kits like full kits really kind of pulled at my my heartstrings because I was love that Rogers. at the Big Bang booth. I didn't Big see Big Bang that. booth. They had one that okay. looks just like my main kit. It's a black, you know, just a flat, you know black wrap beautiful it looks yeah. spot on they got a blue sparkle it was just it looks they look like pristine vintage kits so awesome i think that's really cool to see that brand being treated properly um, they're not going for like they're not trying to reinvent it it's just these are true to form rogers drums we know with some hardware upgrades that need to be done but in general they look just like the old stuff super yeah. cool um a subtle thing we'd mentioned q drums they have a new lug that just totally stopped me in my tracks really to the point where i told jeremy the owner uh i was like I, this lug makes me forget what your old lug was like i don't remember what your lugs were before wow this. and it's just like a it's kind of a throwback to like a leady style lug but, okay but on their uh, gentleman series snares with the beaded center it was just like that's what a snare drum is supposed to look like so it's a, a subtle to their thing. website <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna buy one so We'll we'll, uh, we'll get to talk more about it. So that was so I'm always looking for like the smaller things rather than the bigger things. Um, kick block. Did you see that? No. It's, Is that something that goes in front of your bass drum? Yeah, it's kind of like a, you know, like just the classic picture of Elvin hammering a piece of wood in front of his bass drum. Yeah. So he just created a little block with some Velcro on the bottom, and it's it just sticks to your carpet, and the drum does not move. Dumb. But it's not heavy wood; it's like some lightweight material that I was kind of shocked. I think every uh, yeah every gigging drummer needs that, right? Yeah. So let's see what else. I've got like thirty five things here. Just Welch, 35. The Welch tuning system. If you haven't seen that, it's like this. Um, they invented a. It's essentially like a um, cello tuning or something. That's like like wires and and like guitar tuning style. Okay. That tunes the whole drum with one big, like door key looking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I played that kit. That guy was super nice. Super nice. Played the whole kit and it totally worked. It works. It sounds great. It looks beautiful. It's not like there's a bunch yep. of crazy stuff on the drum. So. Supposed to get one of those in to, to actually demo, so we'll we'll follow up with that more. My yeah, biggest concern say, is changing heads, so that's going to be the totally big, the big test. Yep. Um, but yeah, at I was actually shocked when he was like, "You got to try it out." I wanted to tell him it's Nam. I won't hear it. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm so jaded in this moment from sound that I I won't hear it. And I sat. I was like, "Fine, man, I'll check it out." And uh, so I start messing with it and. 
I see, like, just like you said, it's got like this old school Fender P bass tuning peg yeah, yeah. on the tom and on the snare and, and on the kick. And I did it, and I, I, I mean, the dude should have been filming me because I literally had one of those surprise looks like, holy crap, bro, uh, yeah, this works. totally works. And the drum is well in tune. <laughs> yeah. But it, but now the other thing is it's tuning the top and bottom, but I think he told me you could actually decide to have one lower than the other. But it's tuning uh, them at the exact same time. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I think that might be based on what drum heads you use more than anything. Like, a oh, thicker, that's yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He said, yeah, if you want different sounds, go single ply on top, double like, ply you know on what? bottom, or vice versa. That's a myth. Let's just bust it. If the drum sounds good, the drum sounds good. You don't totally have good. to have the bottom head higher or lower than the top. Get over yourself. No. <laughs> whoa, whoa, easy, dog. <laughs> right? My drum comes with tone <laughs> control knobs, all right? So I, I'm, I'm with you. The drum just sounded good. Okay, so then in, along the same lines, uh, Dial Tune finally unveiled their, their fully finished um, snare drum, which we reviewed in the March issue. comes out next week, which has similar system, but it has two large knobs so you can control the top head independently of the bottom head. Okay, um, I did not see that. Super cool. Um, and I met up with my my buddy near Z. He was just walking by while I was over there talking to the guys, and I was like, "Check this drum out!" So he sat down and just started like playing some rudimental snare drum stuff while I took the drum from like as high as it could go to as low as it could go in in forty five seconds, and then went back up. Wow! So they posted that on their uh, Instagram page. It was just like an impromptu demo of this drum going from like right. marching drum to like guttural, and then all back up to normal playing with while he's just kind of playing roles and stuff so also that thing works i know there's been some kind of chatter about it being you know it can't possibly hold tune but i reviewed it it works wow um outlaw drums were there first nam show i think i met them at chicago drum show years ago um so they do a lot of reclaimed wood drums real kind of rustic they had one um i don't know if they're gonna sell it it was made from a railroad tie (laughs) <laughs> like an old really? railroad tie. The problem is those old railroad ties have so much oil in the wood that they just mm. stink. <laughs> the drum, oh, wow. The drum, it just smells bad. He's like, smell this thing. I'm like, holy cow. I was like, yeah, I put so much like lacquer on this thing and it just can't you seal just it. Can't stop it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I meant to go over there. I, I talked to him on Instagram and once again, just one of those things where – it's kind of hard to find things. You get in there, and then you yeah. get swamped by people, and you're just not able to walk freely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so there's that. But I wanted to see their stuff because I've seen him do really important drums for people where somebody said, you know, this this is this is wood from a barn that was on my father's. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, lot twenty or 200 years ago. Crazy stuff. And I know that he put some uh, – I had a buddy that had one of the drums made, and I think he put the the guy's father's medals from the war mm. like into the drum. And I mean, they they do some crazy stuff. Yeah, he sounds really great work. amazing. Sentimental drums for sure, and they sound fantastic. Yeah, and they look cool. Somehow he's able to retain the image of the original building or whatever, but he has to recreate right. it. So that's really kind of cool. So that was nice to see him Sabian with their printed symbols. Did you see those? Were those the colory ones? Yeah, they're kind of a shocker. Like they're printing onto the symbol, and it doesn't. I couldn't really tell it affecting the sound in any. That's cool. Major way. Like one looked like carbon fiber. It was kind of like disconcerting because it had you know, carbon fiber has that kind of three D yeah, look yeah, yeah. to it. Pretty wild. So I'm. I mean, they they came out with some of the most outlandish things for the show. Right. 
But I'm really curious to see where that goes because there's potential for a lot of merchandising and brand logos and all kinds of stuff with that. Good point, yeah. Um, okay, where else? I can't pronounce it. Shaw girl? Schlaw girl? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll let you just keep swimming around in that one. I was born in West Virginia. All right. Anyway. <laughs> born and raised. Um, it's it's a company. I don't remember exactly where they are. They're in Europe. They they originally were making like high-end brass instruments like trumpets and things like okay. that. Now they're rolling drums. Some of the most high-end, amazing-looking instruments I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. You would probably want one for your to match your <laughs> A&F kit. And what is uh, – <laughs> how do you spell this? I think it's S C H A G E R L. I kind of chicken scratched it down. Okay. I'll track um, it down. Yeah, if you find yeah, it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Amazing drums. I mean, absolutely amazing. They have full oh, kits. Oh, okay. So they're, they're from brass. they're from Austria. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I did see those. The, uh, yeah, go ahead and hit buy it now. You'll you'll thank me later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh man, those, those fights are always fun. When that bill comes in and, and the wife sees that I bought another snare drum because I I need one. Yeah, that those are those are good fights. I like those. Those are almost as good as the camera fights. Oh yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? You've got campers to take care of. Thank you. I, I, see, because <laughs> they're all going to buy a five thousand dollars snare drum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those are gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. So and then uh, Legato, our buddy, our buddies at Legato Carlos and. Uh, buddy also from um uh, love custom drums yep so they have a symbol company legato and they had some really really cool looking acid treated symbols so they they have like a a, a different version of the patina sandblasted look that everyone's kind of doing okay they kind of were like all right i need these they're they look aged but not like too pretentious about it <laughs> you know what this I mean? is so funny that like i was at Nam, but I'm literally going to Nam with you online by just like <laughs> everything you say. I just type it into Google, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, didn't see that, but cool, yeah, pretty dope, pretty dope. All right, where else can we go? Solid, uh, solid drums. Mm-hmm. Always has something cool. He had a green with like 24 karat gold hardware solid snare drum with a matching case that was green with yellow patches and stuff. I told him I was like, all right, that's going to be the one that Todd Zuckerman buys, so you can go ahead and right. set it aside. It yeah. just had his had his vibe. Um, all right, what else? This was one that I was, it was one of those, like, I can't believe no one has done this before moment. The new Benny Gribbs signature snares with the mufflers that go vertically, like there's a slot in the shell rather than a knob that tightens it. Yeah. It's like, why has anyone done that before? So you're not, you're not twisting anything. You're just raising it onto the head and lowering it just away from sense. that. It had two, I mean, two mufflers inside of it. Yeah. I, I will say that. Um, I think if you're an inventive person, Sonar might be the best company to be signed with because they're so heavy on the engineering side yeah, exactly. that they're happy to innovate. And when I look at the things they've put out, it's never just that it sounds great. It's always a little bit of something innovative as well. Or just like you said, it's like, oh, okay, that's that just makes sense. Which was what was interesting about that drum? Those I think you had maybe two different models, but. You know, sonar snare drums to me, they kind of don't need to be muffled. They just they sound dense and chunky, and there's not a ton yeah. of overtone the way they're they're made. So it's kind of like, okay, this drum actually sounds fine wide open. I don't really want these right. mufflers, but it was cool just to have yeah. that option. 
Well, and you know, it, he follows me on Instagram. So when he sees that I have a muffle in my, you, you know, he has to have two. I get it. It's all good. It's all good. I just will say that no, no sheep or lamb were hurt in the making of my felt muffle. From what I know, I don't fully understand what felt is made out of, but just kidding. All right, moving on. So let's see what else. <laughs> Did you see that crazy new uh, Ludwig new Sonic kind of like, um, I don't know what you call it, like digital swirl. It was like a. You mean that Strata looking kit? Yeah, it was like a it was like a oyster swirl, but it was all like um, like video game looking. I think yeah. Carter actually it, has the kit. Did you see that in the person? The you mean the gray and white one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I I didn't that stuff. I have to say, as a Ludwig lover and a Ludwig fan, that stuff drives me nuts <laughs> because it's almost like I I want our industry to move forward. But not all of our industry. <laughs> you like, want Ludwig just to be Black Beauty, Akron. Gretsch Light, and Ludwig, <laughs> just stay where you are. You, you got to write like a hundred years. The entire world's been copying you for a century. Stand still. I think that, uh, but yeah, I saw that. Um, I will Digi- say this. It's called Digital Black Oyster. That's what they're calling it. Whatever. <laughs> Sell that finish to, to like a custom company that does that stuff. It was it was fine. I just didn't want to see it on a Ludwig doesn't matter. The kit's going to sound amazing. I will say this, though. I did the snare that Carter's been posting like crazy. The um, mm. whatever. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. <laughs> that's because it wasn't on display. So I had Neelan go grab it for uh, me. I, was gonna, I, I took totally, a picture of it, <laughs> sent it to Carter. I was like, hey, man, just sign with Ludwig. Here's my new snare. I told him I was going to go make sure I'd marred up the shell before he got it. <laughs> and then, well, I couldn't find it. Bummer. Yeah, it, it was it was quite gorgeous. And, and you could tell, like, even when Neelan was like, He's like, hey, who's got the snare? And it's like in this secret room, and then they pull it out of a case. So I was like, damn. Uh, but that, yeah. I mean, Ludwig, I, oh, let's talk about this on Ludwig's side. The re-release of the Speed King pedal. Yeah, right. I played it. It was amazing. I didn't play it, but I'm sure I'm sure it's fine. I mean, really, it's if you have so, a good Speed King, it's still a good pedal. Totally. But this one was, um, almost reminded me of the feel that JoJo went for with his sonar pedal. Mm-hmm. It just was so fluid just and followed invisible. your foot so yeah. well. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I was, I've been known to make fun of old Speed Kings, and it was never actually the pedal. I, it was somehow the thing that sticks out that attaches the kind of the beater and the shaft to the pedal. It always rubbed against the head. Yeah, it sticks out too far. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always made fun of. Because it's like, well, I don't know if the pedal has good response because it goes. Tearing up your drum heads, yeah. yeah. That and that really terribly bent piece on the bottom, you have to like fish around that. <laughs> and then if it accidentally comes off, you're like, you're I can't put my pedal yeah. back together. I'm just, yeah. So <laughs> they fixed it. They fixed it. So check out the new Speed King. That, that was pretty dope. All right, what else? Uh, Pisces introduced a subtle thing, but some 602 medium weights, which were, sounded okay. beautiful. Those were like, uh, I saw Jason Sutter over there. He was kind of part of the, the R&D for that and and he, he said it right like you hit this crash that's that sounds like a crash that's what you want a crash to sound like you hit the 16 the 8 it's like crash crash there it is you're done right so those it's I, I love Peisty for that it's like consistent yeah kind of like yeah you can get all your cool kid stuff elsewhere but this is the stuff you're going to use <laughs> I actually I know I actually wish they would I wish they would go all in on the marketing of like hey handmade is great but you know what we do is whenever you break your crash, don't freak out. 
Yep. Get another one. It sounds just like it. <laughs> Add like, to cart. Yeah. That's not a negative. That's a super huge positive. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what it's like to break a handmade symbol and you're going like, I'll, that was the one. That was the only one in the world that will ever sound exactly like that. Mm-hmm. I'll get the same characteristics. So I love that. Uh, speaking of hand, or, uh, machine-made symbols, did you get to see that, at least in my mind, from the booth, that Meinl finally cracked the code to stamped thin crashes for them? So they're... M series, they finally have thin crashes. Oh, really? No, I didn't even get yeah. up to their booth. I had for me to get up onto the third, second, and third so, floor. Right. It's like, ah, it's impossible. I'll see you next. Yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool because those those M series. Um, at least I think that's what they're called. But it's there. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. They put those out. Yeah, and the problem was they they made them as thin as they could, but they were still they're still stiff. thick. Yeah, yeah. They finally have some thin crashes in that line, and I was like, ah, oh, awesome. So. That thing, it looks like they're accomplishing that, uh, which was really cool. It was nice to hear those beautiful crashes, but not probably carry that same price tag as a handmade symbol that gets made in Turkey and then shipped over to Germany. Right. Okay, so let's finish out acoustic drums before I talk about electronics. Uh, Pearl had some gorgeous solid shell snare drums. Um, Where was Pearl? Were they on the first floor? They were upstairs. And that was a similar thing where you had to to have a meeting to kind of get in there. Um, Gotcha. But beautiful maple, walnut, and ash, I think. Okay. Or maybe cherry. But just simple, beautiful, classic solid shell snare drums with their own version of like an inlay type of approach to the shell. Nice. Um, and they they redid their eliminator pedal. Remember that thing? Yeah, of course. That they, was the. I used to ask for that. If, if a place didn't carry DW and I do clinics, I was like, get me a Pearl eliminator. Right. It so, is the DW5000 but affordable and right. it always works. And but what they did was they got rid of the removable cams. That was always kind okay. of the thing with it. It came with three yep. cams, but almost everyone just decided on which one they liked and stuck with it. So they just got rid of that option. It's like there's two versions. There's one with this cam that everyone likes or if you like the other cam, here's this version with that cam built in. Right. Uh, which I I dig that. I like a pedal that it's you just you just use it. You don't have to worry about interchanging cams and parts falling off, all that stuff. Right. Um, so to go into the DW Gretsch PDP LP booth, I think this is the year for PDP to make a big comeback, a big push. Their Bop Kit anniversary Bop Kit was like stunning, yeah. stunning. Yeah. Like that's yep. if anyone says what should I get for a second kit, eh, check out PDP. <laughs> I, I had out. a long talk with their product manager when I was there because they debuted all that stuff. Uh, when I was there a few months ago and the, the presentation went DW drums, PDP drums, Gretsch drums. Mm. And so you, you have to sit through the whole thing. And, uh, I remember thinking like, okay, cool. Um, and now their product manager was gone for quite a while, but he was the one that was originally there that got the PDP line kind of where it is. And Mm. with, you know, the PDP X seven and everyone could get a seven piece kit for an affordable price and good finishes and all that. And now I feel like, okay, let's reestablish PDP as its own brand. Yep. Instead of you're paying $2,600 for a kit made by the company that also makes DW. But yep. I don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah. So yep. I agree with you. Get back in that kind of 800 to $1,500 range and crush it. Yep. And, and I thought they did a great job. Yeah, they're doing And same thing with Gretsch. I mean, their high-end stuff is always great, but their Catalina and Renown stuff, they added some new finishes and options. I'm like, and again, this is this is the entryway into like really nice stuff right here. Yeah. There's a new Catalina uh, rock kit with a 24 
13, 16, 18 and wood hoops mm-hmm. that if I was doing like the rival sons thing, that's my kit. Yeah, I mean, not kit. even if I could afford anything, it was just like, I played it, I demoed it. It, as soon as you played it, you realized if you do anything more than 16th notes at 85 BPM, you're fired. <laughs> this kit will not allow, this kit will fire you. So, uh, by the way, um, I wanted to announce, uh, I'm, I'm checking out the Pearl Music City Custom Solid Snares. Yeah. So I wanted to announce that I've just officially left Gretsch and I'm now a Pearl <laughs> artist. Thank you guys so much for all the support. It's been amazing. Um, if you bought my Brooklyn Standard Snare, I'm sorry. Damn. These are gorgeous. They are, yeah. Wow. And those lugs, they've got those reference lugs, but now it looks like there's like a brass or gold insert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. Yeah, pretty dope. Okay. And the price, they're, I believe, eight ninety nine. So Why don't I know anybody at Pearl? <laughs> <laughs> those are gorgeous. That's cool, I was about man. to tell you to contact whenever Les we're talking to the public here. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, no. God, no. Andrew uh, Shreve, I love you, brother. Fresh for life. Woo! So the, now the thing with DW is I often just overlook it because it's just so beautiful. Everything is just so beautiful. I'm like, oh, of course, they're doing beautiful stuff. And, and it's kind of like... I almost overlook it because I'm like, all right, I don't want to give them too much attention because they don't need yeah. it. But they had some like pinstripe finishes. Did you see these things? Yeah. It was like a wood veneer with like metal pinstripes. Like I think it was aluminum or brass or something that really caught wow. my eye because it's like a thin pin, vertical pinstripe going around the shell, oh, you know, wow. cut within like a beautiful whatever it may be. Uh, it's. I mean, honestly, they they are the Le- LeBron James. Like, there's a reason LeBron doesn't get Player of the Year every year or MVP because no one can handle it. They're like, <laughs> right. we're over it. Same thing with DW. It's like, I, you know, that if like any other company came out with some of the stuff that DW does, we'd be like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> oh my god. But when DW does it, it's like, yeah, I. You guys have been doing it for so long at this level. I just don't know what to say. Um, I can say this though. There is. It signed NDA stuff that I can't talk about with DW. Uh-oh. That is life-changing. <laughs> so just wait for another six months. Whew, you know what? NDAs don't apply to podcasts, do they? Let hey, me tell you. You can get sued. I don't care. Could <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? That would be my defense. Yeah. No, it was on a podcast. Good luck finding, I didn't tell a, anybody. Good luck finding a 5,000 pedal anywhere in the world after you right, disclose yeah. all <laughs> Oh, what's that? My uh, DW owns my drum company too. Great, <laughs> fantastic. All right, now let's talk about electronics. Okay. Um, first of all, a newcomer to the scene, Artesia, which uh, my friend Mike Bedard, who used to tour with Jordan Sparks, and he's done a bunch of great work. He was the guy kind of debuting this kit. Okay. It's um, this is going to set a theme for the rest of it. It looks like an acoustic kit. Like I okay, except for the fact that there's wires plugged into it, I I would have thought it was just like a bop kit. Oh okay, and so I got up on the stage and messed around with it a bit, and it feels like a real kit. The bass drum feels like a bass drum, the drums feel like drums, and the sounds are good, and the module's simple. So that's a new player. I don't know where they're going to be. We should keep our eye on them. It's Artesia A R T E S I A. Um, oh, okay. Think, so the the EF Note kit. Yeah, it's like a white kit, maybe with like gray hardware yep. or something. Yep. Yeah. We're checking out, keeping your eye on. Um, Yamaha is now offering like a conversion kit for their to work with their EAD10, I believe. So you can get mesh heads and triggers, so you can then convert your acoustic kit into an electronic kit if you already own an EAD10. 
on awesome. their new firmware is has some presets that are designed to work with that setup with mesh heads and triggers. So that's super cool. Um, awesome. Oh, and I didn't talk about their new stage custom hip kit in acoustic world. So it's a, I believe a ten by twenty bass drum. It's like a little compact what? kit, but oh, cool. Yeah, super cool. I'm getting one of those into reviews, so we'll definitely talk about that more. Um, so that's Yamaha's Electronics Roland. Also introduced a kit that looks like an acoustic kit, like actual drum shells, full-size yeah. drum shells. Uh, one of those is coming here to review. Uh, I have to give my editors a choice award to the Elisa Strike Pro kit that I went and checked out. Really? It's It could be a game changer. I think it's like 25 2600 bucks, and it plays phenomenal. I mean, I felt like I was playing real drums. Like full nice. size drums, mesh heads, and everything. The modules, they're super deep with tons of detail. So I got one of those literally delivered yesterday. So we're going to be reviewing a lot of electronics over the next few months. Awesome. Um, so if you're in a market for a, a not just a practice electronic kit, but like a performance level electronic kit that doesn't cost eight thousand dollars, we've got some options now. Which That's I'm cool. Super stoked to see. That was my yes. hesitance for like going for the high end electronic kit. It's like I, I could buy a car or I could buy an electronic kit. <laughs> you know, no, that's crazy. I need something that's in the price point of like a a nice mid price acoustic. Well, kit. I think what what makes it a little bit more outlandish is when the e kit isn't meant to be your main kit. You don't want to spend that kind of money. Yeah. You know, it's like you'd rather spend that on an on an acoustic kit. If the e kit is going to be your only kit, then maybe it's a little bit different. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's it's tough because I want my students to play acoustic kits for sure because I it's tough when they come here and kind of freak out over their first acoustic experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I but I also want them to have an entry into our instrument, and if e kits can get them into playing drums, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's as an educator, it's a balance, man. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to talk in six months. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, anyway. Uh, what? <laughs> Moving on. Let's keep talking. I think that might be the end of NAM for me. Um, I did I did uh, snag one of the Tackle uh, snare drum cinch bags, which yeah. I never. I didn't think I would love it, and then I was g- getting onto the plane with my carry-on. I'm like, I could throw all my like laundry into this, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a good overnight wow. bag. So you put your drum nice. and your overnight clothes if you're traveling. It's a really okay. Nice well, to wrap up, Nam, two quick things. One, uh, hopefully, some of you guys follow Sugar Percussion's Instagram page, oh, and seeing <laughs> seeing so Jefferson's good. Nam posts from not going to Nam was epic. I Absolutely got epic. So many emails. Did Sugar really get shut down? Did Sugar really get shut down? So good. I'm like, newsflash, so good. They're not here. They're no, not even. I here. mean, they got kicked out. No. Like no, they're not here. <laughs> they never came in the they first never place. Came so that was epic because that was amazing. Yeah, uh, and well then done. number two, uh, the dates are still forthcoming. It looks like it's going to be in late March. But the one thing that came out of this Nam is I finally got to meet Jason McGurr in person, and mm-hmm. we have planned our clinic tour. It's going to go killer from Central California all the way up to Seattle, and then from there I'll head off to Canada because I've got a drum festival in Canada but it looks like it's going to be the last week of March uh, so it's going to be a awesome. Gretsch tour me and Jason together we're still working out all the finer details but 
both of us will be on stage the whole time. He'll have his time. I'll have my time. We'll do some stuff together. But it will definitely be a clinic tour that is the biggest goal is to get people excited about drumming and the process that goes through it and make everybody feel like we're on this same journey together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the non-domination clinic tour. Now, are you going to play his beat for him? No. Oh, it's Grapevine Fires Group? <laughs> yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Uh yeah, it was actually it was really cool. I mean, we've been talking about doing a clinic tour together for a while, but you kind of have to meet somebody in person before you commit to being out on the road with them for a week together. Yeah, true. So it's like, can we get a dinner in or something before we <laughs> before I say, yeah, man, it'd be cool because because I like your Instagram page and I'm a fan of your drumming, so I'm sure we'll get along. I've made that mistake before. So uh, yeah, it was great, man. We just had so many uh, common experiences. It was really cool to get his take on. I didn't know him when he did the Modern Drummer Festival, mm-hmm. um, and that I felt from the outside looking in that that was such an original approach. I'd never seen anybody do that, mm-hmm. um, where they built the kit on stage for him. Mm-hmm. But he he has the technique that they never needed to bring anything out. He could have just done snare drum for a half hour, and we would all would, would have loved it. But getting his take on how that experience went and what he was going through mentally and how he approached it and how I told him when we do our clinic tour, man. The more vulnerable you can be, the more open we can both be about what we go through mentally, mm-hmm. especially the doubts, the more that it'll be really good for the crowd. Like they need to know that because, you know, when, when I see Horacio Hernandez play the Modern Drummer Festival for the first time in whatever that was, yeah. like 93. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, know, yeah. In, in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't even imagine he's ever even had butterflies before. Yeah, he no can't. No self-doubt and then, whatsoever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tony Royster's 12. What's he got to be nervous about? You know, it's like, dude, that's a 12 year old kid that's going out and playing like before legends. So, uh, so yeah. So anyways, um, I hearing Jason's approach to that definitely gave me the reinforcement of preparation equals relaxation mm. over prepare. You'll be fine. And, uh, and he crushed it. So it, I think that'll be a fun clinic tour. So Sweet. we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, but that's going to be just a West Coast run. And we have then, to, uh, yeah, uh, that's it. We have to give a special thanks to the guys at Big Fat Snare Drum for allowing us to totally. take over their booth for a few minutes. It got it, I didn't realize their booth was so tight, so we really couldn't, like, it was like, where do we go? Right. What do we do? But it was just awesome to meet so many different just people. Just to hang. Yeah, so those, yeah, dudes, those dudes rule. I did wear their, uh, what is it? I'm a Ding Dong Daddy t-shirt they made for me. <laughs> Damn right you are. I had to wear it. Show up in a few photos, and I'm like, I don't know if everyone gets the joke. I just kind of look like a... Like a I just look like a ding dong daddy. <laughs> well, it was awesome. And it, it was cool just getting to meet people that know us from the podcast. That's new for me mm. for sure. Where people are like, man, you should like, you should start a website or do like clinics. <laughs> but I love the podcast. Like, okay, cool. Look into it. The first you know, Mike Dawson had... should get a job too. Yeah, right. It's oh, first... that's right. He's the managing editor of Modern Drummer. was <laughs> <laughs> the first time I had someone hear my voice and recognize my voice. I'm like, oh my God. That's terrible. That's a nightmare for me. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they say, can you say, like, no, I cannot say. Can you do my voice message for me? No, I'm not doing your voice message. Although, Dawson will do it. I'm happy to do some audible books if anyone needs me to butcher their writing. <laughs> happy to do it. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to do a calm story. Put people to sleep. All right. So, Nam is done. You want to talk some education real quick? Let's do it. We're already Let's get some value in, in here. Yeah, so yeah we're only an me. hour deep. <laughs> Give me a lesson. Uh, Teach me something. Teach. Okay. So let's talk about sticking patterns. So sticking patterns, for now, we're just going to stick with one subdivision. So let's assume we're in 16th notes. 
the first thing we would have would be single strokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you consider singles to be a sticking pattern? I do. I believe it to okay. be one of two. I think of singles and doubles, and that's. I don't do much more than that. I agree, I, and I don't do a lot of groups of three. I mean, even if I'm playing something as syncopated as a cascara pattern, it's still singles and doubles. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that's different than groupings of three using two hands, but it's still my right hand while going dank to dank dank to dank dank to dank to never goes to groups of threes. It's always singles and doubles. Mm-hmm. So. What I wanted to talk about is why do we have sticking patterns? If I played on this desk, this, you wouldn't, without seeing me, you don't know, are those singles? Are those doubles? Are they paradiddles? There's no way to know. And so one of the most obvious reasons that we have sticking patterns is because we have multiple surfaces to play them on. And as soon as you break this up into two things, then you can hear, oh, you're doing something other than right, left, right, left. If I did inverted paradiddles, you would hear that as well. So I wanted everyone to hear what that sounds like. So I made a little quick demo. I was supposed to make it yesterday. (laughs) I did record it yesterday a thousand times. So this is now a new lesson for all of you, which is play any sticking pattern on the snare drum, completely monotone, and then split your hands. Splitting, not a problem. Playing these patterns monotone on a snare drum to make it sound like just straight you know, alternating strokes. Oh my God. It was, I got beatnicked. That's what happened. I done got beatnicked. I felt like I got smacked over the head with a beatnik pad. You got all kinds of ticks if you're in a DCI drum line. Oh, oh my gosh. I seriously, you'll hear by the end of this demo, by the time I get into the more complicated uh, sticking patterns, the snare drum that precedes the, the split thing is pretty bad. So what you guys will hear is, I'm playing a pattern of singles, doubles, paradiddles, inverted paradiddles mm. um, on the snare drum for one bar. And then all I do is move my hands. Right hand goes to floor tom and left hand goes to snare drum. So while you're listening to this, see if you can hear the pattern that I'm about to play when you're listening to the snare. Can you detect what I'm doing on the snare? And I wanted to show you why we have sticking patterns. Once you spread your hands out, there's absolutely a reason to have multiple rights and multiple lefts. So let's give this a listen. hear the snare getting a little wonky towards the end well first of all you know you're being a little bit too modest that's that's not easy to do especially with a microphone on and it was here's what 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 i noticed was not dynamically actually what i noticed was spacing yes like the sound was consistent i couldn't tell what you were doing sticking wise i could just tell that when you play doubles something was getting compressed in certain ways i yeah when i was playing the snare especially once i got to Actually, even probably by the inverted paradiddle was as soon as I could detect the spacing issues. I can do it without accenting it. That That's what I couldn't do yesterday. I couldn't stop 
going dun, dun, kata, dun, dun. I couldn't oh, stop accenting. grooving it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so if you could have seen me film this, how <laughs> stiff I was and how choked up on the sticks I was, and I was like, gah, 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 gah. I'm not going to lie. My metronome might have been set at 16th notes. It was like the beatnik. Um, but by the time that I got to the cascara pattern and the groups of threes and fives, the the spacing was rough on the snare drum. That's why when I was done with it, I was like, yeah, that's totally making it into my camp book this year. Mm. That's a fantastic exercise. Well, you got a beatnik, um, brother. Start using it. <laughs> okay. Uh, newsflash. That's what happens after you use it. You should have heard it last year. <laughs> I do use it. That oh, exercise was tough, I'm man. I'm armchair quarterbacking, but no. I, what I noticed was, um, yeah, just – and also I think that's that's kind of when I when I teach this because that's part of sort of like what I teach in my clinics is you, you, you want to get rid of all the variations so you can control it. But ultimately those variations are what's going to give you the music to use these things for. Totally. So that what what you guys just heard is a very non-musical example and it was really hard to not want to make those things groove. Like when I got to the cascara pattern I wanted to go dang shoot dang dang go dang but it was like papa do papa do papa do you know it's, it was so stale but I wanted you to hear like okay but if I did that on one single drum and didn't accent it, how would you know what I was doing? Yeah. The Doesn't reason we matter. have one yeah. of yeah, one of the reasons we have patterns is because we have multiple surfaces. Now, this is where I think you and I might have different takes, or maybe we agree, because I know we haven't talked about this. My other reason for practicing sticking patterns is what I call get out of jail free cards. Hundred percent. Sometimes okay. 100%. So we agree on that. Yeah. Hundred percent. If you get to the end because I don't I don't practice and I don't learn and I don't teach phrasing patterns like extended 16 note things that you memorize i don't do that i teach can you shift between singles and doubles at will freely at any point in any any part of the measure therefore if you're playing a fill and you've got to do a double on the floor time you don't freak out to get back to one you're not dropping subdivisions which then makes you rush and all that kind of stuff or maybe in a linear sense you added in one kick which now puts you at left hand lead but you're halfway through the idea that you're playing and you realize oh my god i'm left hand lead well, Just one double, one double yeah. of either hand, and you're and you're back. <laughs> yeah, but totally. it's it's hard to realize that when you're going around the kit and you're 17 at you know your school band concert, you're like, oh god, I'm leading with my left hand. I'm leading with my left hand. What do I do? It's like, dude, just hit something twice. You'll <laughs> be back to right hand lead. Yeah. You're fine. But you got to practice it. And I think I think there's a little Absolutely. bit too much of an emphasis on learning these extended phrases that that you know, you learn this lick. I don't, anytime you call something a lick, I'm like, I'm out. See you later. I'm going outside. Yeah. I don't want to be part of yeah. this. Cause you're learning <laughs> something like it's too long. It's just too it's, long. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I think uh, my last YouTube video starts off with like, if you want to learn this groove, you're asking the way wrong question. Mm-hmm. You should be asking what made this groove possible. Right. Yep. Learn the fundamental elements, learn the ingredients that made this recipe possible. Then you can cook whatever the hell you want. Yeah. It's always be and different. You always have options. Totally. But I mean, I, I know when I'm walking around Nam and I'm like, that dude literally just watched my newest YouTube video. You're playing <laughs> 32 notes, 32 exact notes that I just taught. Like, at That's least such a Fred in- Armisen, like joke you know <laughs> right left 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 right left kick kick right left right left left kick 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 left, right left kick kick right blah 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 flam 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 how about this can and you so, do a double at any point in a measure can you do a bunch of singles and then a left hand double? Yeah. do you know how it resolves like that's what can i you try s- to stress way i more totally than that. I, 
and even when somebody a student brings me something like, "Hey, can you teach me this thing?" I say, "Why don't I just teach you what made that possible? Let's zoom out. Mm-hmm. What was our subdivision? Okay, it was sixteenth note triplet, so it's a triplet based groove. Was it linear or nonlinear? You know, was it did it have a backbeat? Let's find out the main components and work on that." And then why don't you just create your own one of these? Yeah. That's the reason I would never play Jason McGurr's beat for him is I'd much rather in front of him say, hey, your Grapevine Fires Groove inspired these 10 shuffle variations mm. yeah, right. of mine. Exactly. You know, I would, yeah. and, I, and I would feel totally proud with that because something must have launched him into that groove in the first place. So Now, okay, so we talked about that, and I do – I think it's important to stress because there's been some different different philosophies floating out there in the online world and whatever – about what you should and shouldn't spend your time practicing. Mm. I think spending your time practicing ultimate precision dynamically and rhythmically with mixed stickings is incredibly important and not something that you can be like, oh, I can go use that on a gig today or I'm strengthening something that's going to be valued to me immediately. That that ability to control your muscles and your reflexes to be super precise dynamically and rhythmically with mixed stickings, I think that's going to pay off exponentially more than working through 800 method books on left foot independence or something. It's painful. Well, it's difficult. You're going to suck for like 10 years. <laughs> you know? right, but yeah, when yeah. it finally like comes clear, like I only say that because it's like literally for me, I feel like I finally can control this stuff. The stuff that I thought I had no talent for my entire life. Right. Like I can never play with consistent time. It's just not in my physiology. BS. Because I practiced it. Now yeah, I can control 100%. it. 100%. And I think that that's what separates a lot of different tiers of drummers is just the amount of work. I mean the talent – the talent shows up in different ways. I think talent, if we're going to call it that, shows up in vision – you and I were talking before this came on about like seeing a video of Mark just hanging out, how he can, Mark Juliana can just do something. He has the vision in the first place to do it. We might have the work ethic to practice it if someone else would have had the vision for us. Right, yeah. But, you know, so that to me is talent. Like, it's like, well, and maybe someday I will have that, but I do know that whatever it is, even watching Gartska play with animals as leaders, which by the way, that's always weird. That's a Nam thing. <laughs> Nam is you just walking around with one of your drum buddies and you bump into an animals as leaders concert. Right. Or that was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Or tower of power. Totally. And it was, I was like, wait, I saw Matt earlier in the day. He didn't even mention he was playing tonight. And the like, worst part is you're like, eh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Cause I'm so worn out. Totally. And, and for the first time in Los Angeles, it was cold. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, you want to go uh, go to the lobby of a hotel and warm up? So, uh, so, anyways, I think that when it comes to practice, you're right. Being able to be precise and the precision, which I think this is where things can absolutely get confusing for a student that's trying to work on this. Precision actually creates fluidity. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, which is a little bit like it's a little bit of um, it's a little. What would you call that? Uh, well, I mean, think of think contradictory. Of, think of a great visual artist. Think of Salvador Dali. He didn't come out of the gates having melting clocks and stuff. He right. did realistic portrait work for years to the point where he could draw something that looks like a photograph. And then he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to make this dude have ants coming out of his ears. <laughs> you know, and he just started <laughs> to make his own thing out of it. 
would love to hear Salvador <laughs> Dali talk like that. You know what? I'm going to make this dude. I'm going to prop him up with some this. crutches, have his face melting. But even in that, awesome. even in his surrealist surrealistic art, he's got so much precision and control that it's like this dude. There's no. He wasn't like I'm going to do my own thing and just embrace my talent and be weird. Now nah, he yeah. he struggled to make the perfect brushstrokes to make it look like a photograph for probably a decade or more. So yeah. we have to kind of keep that in perspective. I just had to throw that's my little soapbox rant, but I, it just drives me nuts when I kind of feel people throw that stuff aside. It's like the fun happens when you do all the hard work to the point when now you can actually express yourself. Tell me, tell me that drums aren't a metaphor for life. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, everything you learn in drums, you're like, yeah, I guess that's life. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. Take care of all your right, body so, so you can live a healthy life. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> work. Work on your sticking patterns, and if you guys want, if you guys want a hell of an exercise, I'm telling you, do what I did. It it was not easy. Hey, so and this I, is, I just this supports yeah. my argument that practice pads are bad, though, because <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> biscuits. You know what's bad? You probably spent a week in L.A. looking reflex. at drums with people blazing. I hadn't played drums in a week. You man. probably sound beautiful on your reflex pad. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that's okay. You know what? I'm actually going to talk to some lawyers and find out how we can put an end to that. I'll be, uh, you know what? Again, I'm going to drop an honesty bomb on you. I sound even worse on the pad. <laughs> the Brooklyn Standards sweetened out some of my strokes. No, that, uh, that's a tough exercise, man. It is. And I'm, is. I'm only giving you grief because you're willing to put yourself out there to do and show that that's not easy. Hey. Man, I, I trust that some of our listeners will give it a try. <laughs> what I did was I just wrote down the words singles, doubles, paradiddles, inverted paradiddles. And then I think from that I went to threes, groupings of threes, and then I did a cascara pattern. So I had those written down on a piece of paper, not the patterns, just the words. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just was going back and forth. But I, I, I'm totally honest. I had to do that way more times than I was – because I, you know how we do this. Come in five minutes before we start. I, you literally sent me the link as we hit record. <laughs> exactly. Press record. I and I was. It's funny. I was driving here after taking Juno for a long walk this morning, and I had my hands on the heater vents of my car, being like, "I'm going to have to record this thing in five minutes, and I only have five minutes to do it. I got to get my hands warm because they're going to be jittery." So yeah, that's a tough exercise. I hope you guys will give it a try. But most importantly. It was to demonstrate why we have sticking patterns. When you have multiple surfaces, you don't want to just play singles or just straight doubles all the time. So work on those sticking patterns. Work on books like Stick Control. There's a reason that thing's been around for as long as it has. And it that precision will create fluidity around the drum set. Absolutely. Now, talking about somebody that does have great precision and fluidity. We should push him till next week. <laughs> I totally agree. I was going to say, dude, we are at an hour. So we, we're going to feature Elon Rubin next week. So we give him a proper amount of time because I want to drop in a lot of audio. He's my favorite rock drummer in the world at the moment. So sorry for the oh. uh, little, little, little tease uh, little tease this week. But yeah, we're, we've got to move on to, first of all, we have to thank our sponsor. We're an hour in. How about that? Dream Symbols sponsoring the episode. So they released their new Eclipse series at the NAMM show. They had an Eclipse ride that came out a couple years ago. I think it was only a 21-inch ride. It's partially lathed just from like the middle of the bow out to the edge. Everything else is raw. They now created a whole line with different size hi-hats, scratches, ride cymbals. 
Um, this is one of the few versions of that that I, when I play it, I actually hear the difference in articulation. Normally you don't because okay. like they must have really laid a lot off out of the outer part. So it really goes from okay. really clean and articulate to like a washy Really ride. crashy. So nice. we've got some audio here. This is recorded by their artist, Phil Hawkins, who's a great drummer, composer, steel drummer. I actually played a festival with Phil in 1999, which I'm sure he doesn't remember. Wow. Uh, so this is some audio from their – it's up on their Facebook page, YouTube page. But this is him using a full set of Eclipse symbols. So we're going to do that. Uh, we'll drop in some of that now. to answer one question because we were such blowhards about our pontifications on the art of drumming. Um, this one's from Anthony. What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm hungry, dude. It's lunchtime. I've okay, been more aware gotcha. of the mistakes I make when people are playing a song or even just practicing. They all seem to be because my concentration or focus has drifted. I can physically play the song or beat I'm practicing, but it seems the concentration went out the window and I screwed up. Have you all noticed this in your playing? Have you purposely worked on this? If so, how? Hmm. You want to go good, first? Good question. Yeah, I mean, I think, what was it, only a podcast or two podcasts ago that we talked about this with my soloing practice, that mm. I'm struggling to maintain focus while trying to be creative. Yep. I definitely don't have it anymore as much when I'm playing something like a groove or something that's, if I'm playing a song, at no point do I really lose track of that. I, I will say this, and I'm starting to teach this a lot more on the website. Singing yeah. has helped me the most. Absolutely. Like when I'm singing, go, go, cat, oh, go, cat. At no point, I mean, to, to open like two hi hats in a row, I'd have to sing that. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to go, dips, dips, you know. <laughs> it's like, so singing that groove allows me to stay there. Even the fills, flat, doom, scat, doom, gam, da, 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 that That allows me to stay there. And I, I would say maybe in improvisational stuff, I'm not singing. But if, if it's a groove that might be not natural for me, I usually sing it the whole time. And mm -hmm. it just keeps me in line. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think, the precision of playing something note for note. I don't play a lot of stuff that doesn't have allowance for an open hi-hat at the end of the fourth bar or mm -hmm. an extra ghost note. I think of what is the foundation of this groove. I'm going to play that almost very, uh, the way that Bonham did fool in the rain. It's like, well, you can't really nail down the groove cause he changes it so much, mm -hmm. but there's still, you can nail down the essence of the groove cause mm -hmm. there's something binding that whole thing together. Yeah, I think singing like that's the first thing I tell people to do as well. Because if you're if you're if you're engaged 
on that level, which is going to lead me to my next suggestion, where your body has to actually be engaged. You can't be thinking about what you're going to do or who just texted you or, you know, right. if you're singing something. It's just impossible. Um, this is something I deal with a lot. I think if you're more of a mental person, if you're kind of more stuck in your in your brain thinking a lot, this is more of a problem because yeah. you're always thinking about a million different things. And if you're distracted like all of us are with social media and multiple jobs or whatever it is, you're just your life is a little bit more uh, frantic and disjointed. Uh, this is the first, maybe not the first time, but I think meditation is super important in this day and age. Just to be able to sit, you on the floor or in a chair and just learn how to clear your mind for f 10 seconds, 30 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes is yeah. going to be super helpful. Um, and in particular, there's a book I might've been my pick of the week. It's like called chakras for beginners by David pond. I believe is the author. He kind of breaks down the idea of how to focus your energy on the different levels of your body. It sounds all this like new agey, but you can literally f have consciousness that's not in your brain. You can have consciousness that's originating in your throat and in your heart and your, in your, your, your solar plexus. So for me, learning that was like, oh, I don't have to always be thinking from my brain and looking at my body as this other thing. I can actually right. be experiencing the world with my body and not have the brain be be as engaged anyway i'm going way off on a tangent but no, no, no. that has helped I, for me to like sink in like experience the music on a purely physical level right and not Sorry. thinking about it what's up dog <laughs> Sorry. This, yeah, we pontificated so much that we've passed uh, anyway, for uh, get the 10 30 a.m juno bone break stuff chakras for beginners by david pond yeah. Practice totally a little bit agree. of meditation, a little bit of just body awareness so you can yeah. sink into the drumming as a physical experience rather than a mental exercise. Will really help All you have to do right now, wherever you are, is just take a deep breath as deep as you can and fill your lungs completely 100% and you will realize it's probably been three to four days since the last time you did that. Yeah, right. Actually, just even that lungs. one yeah. deep breath. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe a month where yeah. you're like, wow, I haven't felt this. In a and <laughs> you get a head rush like, whoa, oxygen. what the hell? What the hell is that? It's like, yeah, you've been, been quick breathing. All right. It is time now for our picks of the week. And last time we gave you groove picks of the week. This time we are giving you fill picks of the week. So these are just fills that when they happen, Mike and I just get excited. And these are not our favorite fills of all time. Or maybe they are. I haven't asked Mike about his. But they're just fills that are like, yeah, man, that was cool. I hear a thousand fills a day. That one was cool. So let's get into yours first, buddy. What do you got? For me, it's a classic. Um, Mitch Mitchell on the Jimi Hendrix song Little Wing, his first entrance. It gets me every single time. It gives me chills. And I think it's also a testament that you cannot play this song and not play this fill when you come in. If you don't play that triplet fill, you're not playing the song right. And even in the Stevie Ray Vaughan version, uh, Chris Layton does his own take on it. So I don't know where it happens in the track, but it's the first time the drums come in and it's right. just epic. Let's check it out. Yeah, I mean, it gives me chills oh just listening to it there. I mean, that is the yeah, <laughs> oh, shook it, and. 
doesn't it feel like you're in the room with the drums? Yeah, uh, yeah, like all dead and choked out and sound yeah. amazing. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, all dead and choked out and sound amazing. Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful, man. That I got to say that Mitch Mitchell is one of the drummers that non-drummers completely just underrate because they always tell you, oh, it's just like a Hendrix tune. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean it's just like a Hendrix tune? <laughs> is it a Hendrix tune? Because that drummer did some cool stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, they're interlocked. I mean, you couldn't... Totally. Hendrix and Mitch Mitchell are one thing, one entity. Hendrix and Buddy Miles is a totally different thing. But right. that's the stuff for me. Man, that song in particular, all-time favorite. What's yours? Very cool. All right, so I ran into a longtime hero of mine at NAMM. That's uh, Mr. Nate Morton. He is the drummer for The Voice, if you haven't seen him play. Uh, somebody that both Mike and I really admire, and he is tasked with one of the most difficult jobs on the planet, which is you are going to play some of the most famous songs of all time, and we need you to make them a little bit better. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, God, <laughs> because he doesn't do the tribute thing. It's always a different rendition of these songs that are right. historic. So when he was taken on She's Gone, uh, the metal tune by Hall & Oates, <laughs> The double bass part he omitted, but uh, so anyways, so she's gone. Just an old classic Hall and Oates tune, and when you're going into a double chorus or a triple chorus at the end of a tune, how do you elevate it when you've already been on the ride mm. and you've already and and now you're on your second chorus? You've moved to the crash, and it's like, and hey, let's do it again. And it's like <laughs> I got nothing left. So what you do is you slow the damn thing down, and mm. he does this insane triplet fill, and then gives you this. Uh, so then this eighth note triplet kick goom, goom, goom. oh biscuits and buttercups and blueberry pies let's give it a listen <laughs> starting at 240 dude I mean that's made, Stop it. that's made for TV drumming right there. Like right? that is drama. That is an entire Duh. entire TV show in one little fill there. <laughs> oh my god. And I hate to say it, but I brought this up to him at Nam and I sang it and I air drummed it. it. <laughs> totally. It's like his nine thousandth song that he's played with. You them. know the thing is when um, I hear that, I can vision him like jumping out of his seat for those bass drum notes. Like go, I can go, see go. it. Oh. It's so visual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are the fills that get me. I think you and I both respond to choices rather than skill. Mm-hmm. Skill, cool. Everyone's yeah. got it. Choices, I would have never thought to do that there. That's what blows me away. Yeah. You know, everyone in that in that theater just was like, at that moment, the hair just exploded on the back of their necks. They're like, what? Totally. Yes. And, and no one probably knew that it was because of the drum part. They just yeah. thought the song did something. Right. right? Yeah. And it's like. I love that stuff. Uh, I think it's just amazing. How do you how do you get yours without showing off? Like <laughs> right. he is the king of just. He kind of gets to do that Vinnie Caliuta, Steve Gadd thing where it's like, wait, how'd you get away with that? They didn't, the, it's live TV. Was the producer like, yeah? <laughs> well, now that that though that the one you just heard is actually from the studio version. So oh, right, yeah, they record everything you know, like he, the day of the show. All that his exactly. his life is insane that he can handle all that. Learn a tune and record it that's going to be released on iTunes that night when they do the live broadcast of the same song. Forget about it. That's intense. All right. Well, there you go. Two fills out of the entire catalog of the history of music. (laughs) Nate Morton covering (laughs) covering a uh, 
Yeah, covering a tune and Mitch Mitchell. And I think both are just epic. So, all right, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Those reviews really, really help us a lot, and they help other drummers find this podcast, and we absolutely appreciate all of them. Uh, also, if there is somewhere else that you'd rather be listening to this podcast, please let us know. Uh, we will try to expand the reach of this podcast throughout the year of 2020. And like Mike said, when you guys come up to us at NAM and talk to us about what this podcast means to you, we do not take that for granted. It's just incredible. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to send the show off with Mike Wogan. He is from Ireland. This is a piece that he wrote specifically. You sure it's not Mark? Sorry. I was going to say, because I know Mark. I don't know Mike. And I always get called Matt. That's such a... The M names, man. This is Mark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're taking it way harder. Dude, I'll call him Mike. It's no big deal. Well, no, I mean, I, good? I literally have been on gigs where like, in on drums, we've got Matt. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've it's, been, it's I've been so, Matt Johnston so, many times. Yeah, we well, just, Mark is the man. He's he's he is somebody that he's a podcast family member. He's a good dude. I just I just matted Mark on, on the podcast. <laughs> Mark, you've been. <laughs> but All listen right. to how long his groove's been going now because we keep talking about. He wrote it. this specifically for the podcast. We're gonna give him plenty of time. He's playing um, a PDP kit and some Zildjian K's and a Rogers Colonel for Brass Snare. Check out Mark Logan, and we're out of here. See you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.